This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Today on CityCast Denver. Anyone who's been around Denver for a minute already knows the work of my friend, the internationally renowned artist Anthony Garcia. His paintings pop with bright colors and mimic striking Sarape-style patterns rooted in his Chicano culture. But driving or walking past one of his pieces at 6th Avenue Federal or inside Mission Ballroom, you might miss the meaning behind his art. So when I saw that he put up two new pieces in the middle of an empty parking lot in Globeville, Laria Swansea, the neighborhoods where he grew up, I made plans to meet up with Anthony and one of his partners on the project to hear the story behind the colors. Today is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. So we're in a parking lot off of I-70. I think the biggest building you can see from the highway is the Stock Show Complex. But we're here to talk about a smaller building that's right in front of us that's been painted. And I'm here with my friend, Anthony Garcia. Hi, Anthony. How's it going? So Anthony, describe the building, what we're looking at. Um, so this building was a duplex that was occupied years ago. Ever since they had um, moved the people out of this building, it's been sitting here empty for a number of years. We've been working with the GES coalition trying to do an art project on this particular corner. And we thought that this building would be an excellent canvas to kind of experiment and work on um, a project on a bigger scale. You grew up around here, right? Correct. How do you feel about this particular building or being in this place and painting? I got my start off in my neighborhood doing projects around the neighborhood and it quickly spread throughout Denver um, and throughout the United States actually. Um, so it's nice to be able to come back home and work on a project later on in my career when I'm starting to become more successful and more sought after. Um, so it's nice to kind of bring something back to the neighborhood again. Alfonso Espino. Welcome. Thank you. I would just love to hear from you how GES Coalition, like what happened? How did this building project get started? This particular incarnation of this building we're looking at right now, how did we get here? The coalition has been organizing around housing justice for a very long time now, for the better part of almost 10 years at this point. Uh, the Land Trust was born about five years ago. It's building homes for people in the neighborhood, for people to come back. Um, and a couple of years ago, there was conversations around, you know, what are we supposed to do to grow the land trust? What are we supposed to do? What should we do in order to extend the reach of the people that both materially benefits by putting them into homes? Hopefully that's the goal, of course. Um, like, how can we do that? And the, the most important part of that formula is always land. And like this, especially in these neighborhoods that have... Um, you know, been victims of the rampant speculation 
because of the National Western Center redevelopment, you know, over a billion dollars coming in, CSU coming in as a partner, uh, the I-70 redevelopment project, another billion dollars right there just coming in, you know, all of this land that they acquired through eminent domain or the threat of eminent domain, which is essentially the same thing, because it's like either you take the money now or we're going to do it. Um, that's what happened to these homes that are still standing. The impression everybody had was that they were going to knock everything down, but they didn't at the end of the day. Uh, and to be quite honest, you know, we had a very limited impact on it falling apart. It had more to do with the fact that COVID hit. Since then, we've been organizing this campaign to demand that, that as much of this land as possible, in my opinion, all of it, uh, should go back to the community. For us, the land trust is a mechanism to deliver it through because it is actually ran by neighbors. It is benefiting neighbors right now. Um, and it will be controlled by neighbors until I drop dead, until they drop dead. It's like a collective ownership of yeah, land. That is, yeah, exactly. That's the land trust in a nutshell. Um, so kind of coming back to where we are right now, we've been trying to organize events uh, specifically on this land to remind our people, um, to tell our people, not just about the campaign, but like really imagine what we could do if we win that land. You know, it's almost an obligation or else nobody's gonna build us anything, you know. So last year we were organizing uh, what came out of from our working committee uh, which is like a, a group of leaders in the neighborhood that are actually like helping us run this campaign. This idea of a plaza, because obviously a lot of people around here are uh, from uh, countries like Mexico, um, where like public, gathering, yeah, public gathering spaces are very, yeah. very popular and uh, obviously uh, have an emotional attachment just to the idea of it, something that we don't have here as often. Sure. So, you know, we started working on that uh, in the beginning of last year. And we chose this spot for obvious reasons. It's like the most easily uh, recognizable corner when you talk about uh, what is this piece of land. And in that, we were like, we should like try to bring it back to life as much as possible. Um, one of the easiest ways, I don't want to call it easy because I'm obviously not the artist that has to, you know, uh, bust their ass painting this. Um, but one of the most uh, recognizable ways to do that is to, you know, put some color back into it. And I mean, in our neighborhood, there's like one person that you go to for colors if you really want colors, and that's Anthony. How does it feel to paint with other pe paint your work with other people? Uh, I, I enjoy painting with other people, especially in these neighborhoods where uh, it's the people from the neighborhood that are painting, because when I leave, um, you know, they're still here every day and they live with these pieces. And so it's more personalized and it becomes their piece. Um, as opposed to me just coming into a neighborhood, painting something and leaving, which happens a lot with other artists. Uh, at first it was painting this house behind me, which is uh, one of our coalition members, David's house, his old house that was taken from him. David Torres? David Torres, yeah. They lost their homes twice, twice to, to the I-70 expansion, I expansion over and decades. They moved here and then yeah. they took it again from them for this <sighs> redevelopment. So emotionally, it's like significant to one of our members yeah. and, you know, for us. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. 
Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Anthony and Alfonso walked me around the two buildings and told me more about the story of how this happened. Two vacant homes covered in bright, beautiful murals in the middle of a sea of parking lots and dispensaries in I-70. I only wish I saw it full of life back in October when they invited their whole community out to paint these buildings together. And imagine what this place could look like if they were able to take back the power to shape their own neighborhood's future. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look up like on our coalition Instagram, you'll see like pictures from the event. And I think what we were able to do, thanks to Anthony's help, was in this space that we occupied, at least for the day, and demonstrated to our neighbors what we could do if we build things together as opposed to waiting for people to do it for us. Um, we were able to bring this space back to life. And I think it's also interesting kind of just putting ourselves in like a historical context. I was recently reading an article about how the world is losing color. It's like mm -hmm. a, it's a study that just happened about how uh, there's less and less color being produced. Um, and then you just look at like the, the new manufactured buildings and they're just lifeless, colorless buildings. And that's more and more what you see. So I think... I didn't realize that until I read that article, like how important it is just the simple act of putting color back into your spaces. We're looking is. at it right now, right? We have a dull parking lot. We've got a giant brown building and then we have this beautiful palette on this small two story. It sticks out. You see it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so for us, it what it really means is like restaking a claim. You know, this is our, our community. So for us, it's significant to have even gotten permission from the city to allow us to do this, in part because of the pressure that we're putting on them, you know, through this campaign. And they want to look good. Um, but I think the best way that they could look good is to give the land back to the people. So you said you have to get permission from the city to paint a building that was owned by a community member, taken by the city, but this building is now. It's kind of just like a monument to... I can't imagine if that was my family home. Yeah, I mean, well, I well, imagine the even deeper pain that they were supposed to tear it down. Yeah. That's why they kicked these people out. That's what they told them when they took their homes from them, when they forced them to sell it to them with the threat of the eminent domain. And I think that's important to, to remind your listeners of what the significance of a home really is. It's not just the structure, it's those memories that are lost. And I kind of see like these poor buildings is like, now they, they have like these like wandering memories, like similar to ghosts that can't have their peace they can't like rest in peace you know yeah. they just have to wander around there and like if the, if the old owners the families have to come around uh i can't imagine the pain no you know like it's a real pain that you raised your whole family there you were raised there and you just have to look at it and it's no longer yours it was taken from you what was important to you about painting the build like was was it having allowing the community and anthony to paint these buildings like a reclamation or what what's the significance of of painting buildings you no longer your community no longer owns i think it's like a soft version of reclamation for sure right so uh for centuries uh our people come from color so it's something that's easily it's easy for us to reattach ourselves to a building just based off color but it's a soft reclamation at the end of the day uh, because the city still owns it. Uh, there's still no plans for it. So that's why the coalition, most importantly, is laying down markers of where we believe in all of this land, uh, that land should go back to our people, to our community, for our control to develop. And 
actually materialize the things that we need. What do you hope somebody who's driving by, what, is there a message you would, I mean, it's, it's hard to, to think about what someone driving by on the highway thinks, but what do you want people to know who, who drive over your community every day? I think the superficial thing is like how they stand out and to wonder why they stand out. So hopefully they'll look up like why these buildings stand out, like why are these painted as opposed to the other ones? Yeah. And, they'll, and it'll lead them down hopefully a little rabbit hole of like, oh yeah, Anthony Garcia painted this and, and they did this in collaboration with Coalition and, and they're doing that because of this. So that's the superficial reason. The other side of it, I think, is just uh, a demonstration of like the difference between what we can do and what they offer us. Anthony, can I ask you really quickly? I feel like I don't think about your work as inherently political, but this feels a little bit like a political act of resistance. How do you think about your art? I mean, me as an artist, every time I do paint a public piece like this, it is to plant a seed um, to kind of shed light on what is going on in those neighborhoods. I feel like doing pieces like this opens these conversations we wouldn't be here today if we wouldn't had painted this and um the more that i start to describe what is behind a lot of these pieces the more impact it makes on the community and i'm just now realizing that because i'm not that much of a wordsmith when it comes to social media or just explaining my work but i'm really glad that we worked together kind of on this narrative when we did and the amount of attention that it brought was really exciting because it's kind of what we wanted in the first place to shed a light on this so i want to continue to do some more stuff like this if people want to know more about the land trust or how they can support GES in, in growing the land trust, what's the best way to do that? Uh, we have uh, the GES Coalition website, of course. Tierra Colectiva, you'll find the hyperlink to the website for the land trust as well. Our land trust is called Tierra Colectiva, which means collective land. Um, so look, at, look us up that way. You can inquire. If, if people are really serious about supporting it, uh, hit us up, you know, uh, like actually hit us up. Thank you so much. Thank you. After speaking with Anthony and Alfonso, we checked in with the National Western Center to hear how these buildings fit into their future plans. A spokesperson said the two former family homes are still part of their long-term redevelopment effort, but that portion of the project is, quote, unplanned and unfunded at this time. But still, there's no promise that these one-of-a-kind pieces will be around in 10 years. So next time you're in the area, I recommend making some time to take it all in. Or find us on Instagram at CityCastDenver and check out pics and videos from today's episode. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Jaywalking. Denver City Council voted 10 to 3 Monday night to decriminalize it. Supporters argue that it will make streets safer by allowing pedestrians to choose where they think it's safest to cross the street. They also offered statistics showing that jaywalking tickets have disproportionately targeted people of color and people experiencing homelessness. And finally, we've got a follow-up on a story we talked about yesterday that's also a moment of joy. 
Denver energy bills could be coming down soon. Because on Monday, the Colorado Public Utilities Commission approved a request from XL Energy to reduce something called a gas cost adjustment. I don't know what that means, but Denver 7 reports that it could lead to as much as a 15% reduction in energy bills for residential and small commercial gas customers in Denver. Do you have a moment of joy you'd like to share? Maybe a local business has achieved a milestone or a neighbor just shoveled your walk. Leave us a voicemail with your name, neighborhood, and moment of joy, and you might hear it on the show. That number is 720-500-5418. Again, the moment of joy hotline is 720-500-5418. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell the graffiti artist in your life about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. Oh my God. It's my, it's like, I I have, it like gives me feelings every time I see it. It like, it just like represents, I don't know. It just feels like Denver to me. And that's such a like vague statement, but Emmanuel Martinez's work in general does. And I honestly didn't know that was a piece of his for most of my life. I just knew it and I loved it. Um, And then I would also just say like anything by Anthony I love because it is a feeling. It's just like color is a feeling and he gives a feeling and that's what I love. But yeah, confluent people for sure. 100%.